I would like to welcome Ryan Graham to Emron's podcast. Uh, Ryan is a life coach, runner, health coach, and so on. Uh, I know her as, as a local runner here in Birmingham. We come across uh, running events, and uh, uh, beyond that, I really have followed her a little bit on Instagram recently. Some of the posts she was posting really intrigues me, and you know some of those things uh, she talks about. Ryan, you talk about um, uh, it's really touches my heart because some of those things I talk about, you talk about. I thought, why not bring you to this podcast and introduce to my audience here? Uh, thanks for joining to Emron's podcast. Absolutely. It's such an honor to be here. And thank you for inviting me to be a part of it. Definitely. It's, uh, I feel like it's long overdue, but here we are. Let's, uh, let's kind of start since you're new to Emron's podcast and your runner, uh, life coach, uh, talk about how, how does all this leads to wherever you are at this moment in your life? You know, I feel like with everything that I've done as far as running goes, um, it has really guided me to where I am today because it's led me not only to connections in life, but it's also led me to spend more time with myself. And so spending more time with myself and getting to know myself has also opened up this whole can of worms. Like, who am I? Who do I want to be? Where am I today? Who, who was I? And how can I be ever present in my everyday life? And so that's really where I am today with the running and um, obviously connecting with you on multiple levels. You've captured so many pictures of me in so many races. And so I will have to say thank you so much for that because I'm forever grateful to look back at my own journey when it comes to running because I once said, I absolutely hate running. I will never do this. And so just seeing how far I've come, even in a, a physical self, as far as a commitment and a goal and, and reaching things, you've captured so many moments where I didn't think that, that goals were possible. And um, so thank you. Thank you for being out there. Welcome. Uh, that's definitely uh, leads into some of the questions I would like to ask. Uh, so were you a lifetime runner? You just mentioned that you hate running, but were, <laughs> were you forced to run or any physical activity when growing up? That's a great question. So I did not play any sports in high school except for cheer. And at that time, cheerleading wasn't, I wouldn't consider it as much as a sport as it is now. I mean, cheer sport has definitely become something bigger. So no, I was not forced to run. I did not run. I did exercise. Both of my parents were both very active and very healthy when we grew up. And so um, I did not grow up a runner. Neither one of them were runners. My mom was a, a fitness instructor at a gym. And so I did grow up in that environment as, as far as being physically active, but I did not become a runner until 2018. So yes, not very long. Not very long, definitely. But here you are. And um, how many marathons? Have you done a marathon? I, I think you have done some marathons. And Yes. Or, so what does your marathon record look like? Yes. Let me go back a little bit because I did say I became a runner in 2018. My first marathon was in 2018. I became a runner in 2016. So sorry, back up just a little bit. But 2018 was my first marathon and it was in Indianapolis. Um, and so that was my first marathon. And my goal was to break four hours, but really just to run a marathon. And um, I went out there with no intention and I did exactly that. And so that was great. And perfect, as you know, with all marathons, it's got to be perfect weather and perfect conditions and, and all the all the stars have to align. So for that day, that's exactly what I was able to accomplish. And it was awesome. And I'm actually going to head back there again in a couple of um, weeks or rather a month to participate again in the Indianapolis Marathon. So I'm looking forward to it. 
Definitely. Uh, that's, uh, that's a great goal. How did you get committed to run a, run a marathon? I know you said you started in 2016 and a lot of time. You know, I'm trying to get my wife to commit to a marathon. She always say she didn't have time, she's not able. And, and I tell her, I was like, you can't do this thing. But, but how did you commit yourself? How did you see from 2016 to 2018 when you crossed that finish line? Right. I never imagined myself running a marathon. Quite frankly, I thought people were crazy. Um, I, a backstory, I actually signed my husband up with a, a running coach. Um, I was on the um, junior league committee of, of having a 5K support system, and we reached out to a local running company here in town, and they supported us. And through that process, I actually hired them to coach my husband. And the coach at the time said, what is he going to think of this? And I said, oh, he's going to love me for it because he wants to qualify for Boston. And so when I hired him um, and John was running and he qualified on his first race for Boston. Now, I know that's an anomaly. That's not typical. <laughs> but when I saw that happen, I thought, you know what? If he can do this and he hired a coach, then I certainly can get to this process and not even be a runner. And I had seen through that marathon because I'd followed John throughout that entire Chattanooga marathon. You know what that looks like, the seven bridges. Every single stop, I thought, every person running out here looks completely different. Their moms, their grandparents, their grandfathers, their aunts. I mean, there's people in wheelchairs. I mean, there were people of all different calibers out there doing their thing. And I thought, you know, what a great goal for me to just start running and then see how it goes. And so I didn't really have my eyes set on a marathon um, until I started realizing, okay, if I can get through that half marathon and then even speed myself up and compete in the half marathon, you know, and have some PRs, then and schedule time to run. And it wasn't going out and running the exact same speed every single day on the exact same, you know, route of, of my city. It was choosing different options, like running slow, running fast. That to me gave me different purpose. It gave me a different mission. It gave me a different accomplishment level. And so because of that, I set my standards higher. I was like, you know what? I'm going to raise the bar. I raised the bar with everything else in my life. So why can't I raise the bar and become a marathon runner? <laughs> and so that was the next level. And you're right when it comes to your wife too. Simi and I think about this with children and their responsibilities. There is a certain level of courage to have that commitment. And it takes um, courage after courage after courage to stay committed, especially as a mom with different responsibilities. And, um, you know, like I said, with my business, I mean, there's so many different things going on, but physical health means so much to me. And then obviously having personal goals um, and physical personal goals is very important too. So that was a goal for me. Um, definitely. What year uh, John qualified at Seven Bridges? Did you say he qualified Seven Bridges? Did he, he run? did qualify Seven Bridges, and that was, it wow. probably was about 2017. Got you. 2016, 2017. I felt I felt like we ran Boston together or something like that, so I, yes. may, I may be wrong, but. Uh, you probably are right. Like, he ran it, well, he didn't, did he run it that year, 2019, maybe? Hmm, I didn't. Yeah, but but that's a that's a great story though, uh, because uh, you know seeing um, seeing others, uh, especially your loved one, going through the process, and then you 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 said I I want to do it. This is a 
it happens a lot. Uh, think, I think the way my wife kind of joined running is her, her seeing me going through and say, hey, no, yes. I, I, I haven't been able to push her beyond that. I've been signing up for some of the big city marathon, maybe London or something, one, one yeah. of those years, and I will take her. And, uh, so anyway, we'll, we'll see when she will commit. But, but definitely, um, you talk about uh, a lot of things here that I like to unpack commitments uh, we talk about um, you know raising family and um, recently um, just yesterday I was recorded a podcast and it's, it has been in my mind for a very long time to talk about you know when when you have other people's priority and you're trying to have you running like you said physical activities is really important to us but at the same time other activities the game that you know you have you're raising kids as well and i, I raised two girls and yes. we're, we're raising you know children at the same time our priority is important but then it's like it has to sit on the side and you know managing those um let's talk about just a little bit and see if we can get more detail in a little bit but but i kind of gave my perspective i didn't i don't think i did a good job <laughs> because it's just it's a dad's perspective and i'm just kind of a great perspective yeah, yeah definitely but but i have i've been through you know my my child today she's just turned 15 and i've been running for yeah. 15 years so wow. so you know you know where that all running comes yeah. from so i'm trying to be healthy for them that's the whole reason i run so i can see them you know in a very long time so let's just talk about um how do you deal with the, your your priority versus you know try to get you know when you're trying to raise a small children you you have a small children's school right yes i do i've got a 10 year old and i have a 13 year old so they're you know getting on up there as far as like teenager years almost um and i totally agree with you 100 percent. i feel like when we go through life too i mean we're, you know, as teenagers, we, we can tend to be very selfish. You know, there might be that one to 2% that's not. And then we go to college, same thing. You know, we're just, some of us are just serving, self-serving, self-serving. And then we start, we get married and we start having to divide like, okay, well, you make the decision now, I'll make the decision now. Somebody's always in that driver's seat. So you're not, you know, you're starting to let go a little bit more of the reins and then there becomes a point in time, I feel like, too, if you're in the volunteer world, you're always serving others. You know, like I've, I know I volunteered for years before I ever had children. And so really, that was very demanding of my time and um, which it was mm. a choice and it was something I wanted to do. But I also had to learn to be very demanding of the time that was valuable to me. And um, I once heard Tony Robbins talk about this and he said, if you don't have 10 minutes in your day to yourself, something's wrong with your life. And I thought to myself, you know what? There was times I would wake up in the morning and literally hit the ground running and go to work and then leave work and go to volunteer and come home and then go to another event at night and then barely see my husband and put my head on the pillow. And so what I realized then is like, what am I doing? I'm just really not staying in alignment with my whole purpose. I had lost sense of self. And so in that time, it really wasn't about having kids and figuring it out. It was figuring it out beforehand. It was figuring out before I ever had kids. Okay, how do I find time for me in my day? Is it wake up early these days? Or what if my body needs sleep this day? Where, where do I find time? And so what I have found so much value in is really teaching my clients um, and the people that I work with is, you know, find that time in the day. If your body needs sleep in the morning, then sleep, you know, by all means, get that rest because your body needs that. And that's most important. But to move your body sometime in the day, it doesn't mean that you've got to go out and run hours. You and I both know that, 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 that does take time, but it's also a commitment to a goal, you know? So if you're just simply 
committing to exercising your body and moving your body and finding time for yourself, it's finding that wiggle room, that adaptability in the day to figure out when I have 10 minutes. And I'll tell you, Sue, and sometimes if I have a rest day and I'm not actually running, um, some of the things that I'll do is just take a brisk walk down my street or I actually have a little trampoline at my house and I will get on that trampoline, which I learned is how to create more energy in my body is just jump on that trampoline and not it's in it's indoors. I mean, it's literally right by my desk and just jump on it. And that will create so much for me in my day so that I don't have to go out and do this hardcore workout for an hour. So that's really where I found the value is just being adaptable and flexible in my day and try to really find time um, with figuring out when is going to be my time and how I'm going to work that in and how I'm going to create more energy throughout the day because moving my body in whatever way is very important to me. What have you found to be most important for you as far as finding time? For me, it's uh, really uh, trying to trying to figure out, uh, you know, it's a little puzzle for me. Uh, you, you know, you talk so great about some of the things and I so relate to what you are talking about here. You know, for me, it's like sometimes I'm in this uh, work from home now, you know, permanent for now. So I get in these long meetings, uh, which I'm not contributing. I'm just listening in. Right. And uh, I just walk and walk and walk and run my living yeah. room. Yes. <laughs> I actually have a route in my yeah. living room just to kind of, you know, I'm so close to my desk if I would jump in and present. But I'm, a lot of time I have both my headphones and it's in the, what do you call, uh, completely in the noise cancellation. So I'm really focused on the meeting, but I have a little route and just walk around that route. And, and that's, um, that's one way. Walking has been really good for me and try not to go too far from my desk, you know. And then one of the things really, um, you know, sometimes people ask me, it's like, hey, you know, do you run, do you have a set schedule in the morning you wake up and run? It's like, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> some mornings I do, some mornings I have to make a breakfast, and some mornings I have to, you know, you know, just like you said, want to sleep in, you know. So so it's just, I, I think, I think, um I, I don't know about you, but I get in my stage of running now after 135 marathons and ultra marathons, my body's in such a stage wow. that I need to just, yeah. as long as I run sometime, I'm good. It just, so, so yes. as, as long as not, as long as I'm not ignoring anybody or my calls, my work and stuff. Sometimes, um, my, my, my previous podcast, I talk about, you know, people just, uh, sometimes they're so rigid and so that you have to have a 10 miles today, you know, or 10 K or run, need to run one hour and they will not buzz on it. I'm right. not like that. So that's amazing. Well, huge congrats to you. I did not know that number. That's absolutely incredible. Wow. And, uh, and next three weekends, I'll be adding three more. So <laughs> that's awesome. 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 <laughs> I'll get to 150, not not uh, 140, pretty soon. So, <clears throat> so. yeah, the Guinness Book of World Records soon, soon. But definitely, um, let's talk about a little bit about um, that line of work uh, that you're doing, helping others uh, uh, through through what it, whatever you are doing. How does that whole thing work for you as a life coach, uh, coach of health coach? And you have seen some of the some of the posts of yours in Instagram. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of about uh, how you are helping others and what are, what are your challenges in that field? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, like I told you, I grew up in a, a, an environment where every really everyone was very much health conscious. My dad, when I graduated from college, I lived with him, and he told me way back when he said, 
Ryan, I'll pay for you to go to a trainer at five o'clock in the morning, but that's the deal. You go to the trainer at five o'clock in the morning. And I said, I'm in. Um, and I just remember how important that was to me. I might, you know, I was young, still in my twenties. And I remember I'd go out some nights and just go out and have fun. And I would come home at 2 a.m. And my trainer would be at five the next morning. Now I had to work as well or I had a job. So I would wake up and go work out. And so I always committed to that. And what I found through that process and then becoming a massage therapist, I was in that wellness industry for almost 15 years that it really created in me, okay, I'm in, I'm in the right field of work but I'm in the wrong lane because I felt like even as a massage therapist, I was able to help people. You know, they came in my office and I was able to work through some of their things. They walk out of my office, but they didn't really have the tools. They didn't have anything to go by their day to day to say, okay, how do I manage this? Like I can come in and de-stress and I can have this body work done, but then I walk out of here and I'm right back into the world. And so it just became so apparent to me that here I was, I'm a type A person, became a massage therapist. I completely shifted like, okay, my personality, all of a sudden I'm going to be super quiet in a room and be, you know, grounded and figure out who I am. And now I'm working on somebody, but I'm not giving them the tools to go out in the world and be better and, and stay grounded and, you know, stay in their purpose every single day. And so that's when I decided to get my certification in life coaching and, through that process too, I actually partnered with a healthcare company. Um, it's actually a supplement company because I just fell in love with the supplements. I fell in love with, you know, really, I love supplements, even as a massage therapist and prior to my family had introduced me to vitamins at a young age, but really understanding quality and, and what it can bring to the body and, you know, heavy metals are so crazy in our world today and all the toxicity in our world. And so how could I bring the best to my body? And so really through that process, I feel like I've been able to teach and coach others to do the same. And it also was just my life experiences. I grew up in a household. I know some people don't know this story, but I grew up in a household where my parents were divorced and um, my father was actually an addict. And so he was a, a successful man, a hugely successful man, owned a business and actually just got sober a couple of years ago. Such a blessing for him to have gone through that process. But through that process, I actually realized that, yes, I grew up with a roof over my head. I grew up with food on the table. I grew up with a good life and going to college and my college was paid for. I mean, I had a great life, but there were also some, so many things in our, in my world that I had experienced that I was just shoving, repressing, just I'm, I'm okay. I'll get over this. I'll move past this. And then I realized like, maybe I won't, maybe I really need to do this work deep down inside and do some healing so that I can discover who I am and who I am in this world. And so what I've really worked on with a lot of my coaching clients and Many of them, which is interesting, are executive directors of nonprofits. I've had some executives of businesses, um, mainly women. I've had two men, but mainly women that I work with. Um, and, you know, what I've realized is that they stand with this shell, this mask on, that they are in a powerful position to make decisions and very smart decisions. And they're very intelligent women. Um, but majority of the time, they're dying inside. Maybe they have, you know, an addict they live with at home, or maybe they have a parent that's still at their 43 years old is still a controlling, controlling parent, you know, and so working with these individuals to really break free of 
you can love your parent for who they are. You can love the spouse or the husband or the you know partner for who they are, but you don't have to be in their world. You can be of your own world and of your own self and to break free of that, what is the process you have to go through? And so it really is a process of really unbecoming something about being, you know, I'm a nice girl. I want to be kind to everybody. You can still be kind to everybody, but also be free of everyone else's stuff. And so really not to carry the weight of the world or carry the weight of your partner or any of that stuff with also being available and present and slow to anger because you're able to really take a step back and not react, but learn to respond. And so through that process, I've really taught people that, yes, it is about being present. It's about more often than not intuitively eating and moving your body and doing those things which keep us moving in a forward motion and keep the body healthy. And then also really understanding that a lot of things that are said and done in life are not to us, but we take it that way often for past experiences. And so learning to let go in the process and just being very present and available. And so that's the long of the short. Hopefully I answered it for you. And definitely. Knowing yourself, I think you've been talking about this uh, throughout this podcast from the beginning. Um, I think that's kind of where your motto is, just kind of know yourself. Um, and lately, um, I've been trying to just kind of let go some of the things. Uh, it's hard, you know, that we as a human, you know, there's certain things, you know, you don't want to come out of the cell. And that even applies to me. And Right. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just it's just that just the nature that we have. So so sometimes you just um, just have to let it go, I guess. Um, I need to I'm learning slowly to be in that that mindset. Um, this uh, this the, some of the things that lately I've been doing, you know, trying to kind of, you know, trying to figure out how how do I just kind of let go some of those things. But it's hard. So trust me. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I completely understand. Yeah. And uh, and uh, being a man and a, and a father and a husband, it's just it's just not always a always a thing for me. Especially you know, I'm always trying to just say okay. Uh, usually for me, this day just stay in the lane as much as possible. But but slowly, I'm kind of you know trying to open up myself and, and let them look at it. Uh, even in my kids, let them look at it because they're a little grown now. So so as as the kids are grown, they can under, understand more. So my older one, who is 20 now, so. So wow. she understands more uh, yes. of things that I'm going through, and you know. But but uh, but in, anyway, I think there needs to be outlet, and running is you know one of those outlets that we have, physical activity and running. So definitely, so you know, so I don't fall in the wrong what do you call wrong sides of the thing that I wanted to do. So you know, but definitely, um, you talked about a little bit of the supplement. Um, I'm really bad on that. Uh, uh, it, I guess it comes uh, the topic of nutrition uh, a supplement. Uh, let's briefly touch on, on that. Uh, how important it is to supplements? What kind of supplements do you do you use or uh, prescribe to your clients? Yeah, that's a great question. So I don't prescribe anything, but I do recommend a certain brand because I do love this brand and I've been using it for ten years. Um, the brand actually is called Isogenics, and um, they're out of Arizona. And, you know, really for me, when I was looking into supplements, I took supplements for years and, you know, supplements, my physician recommended supplements, you know, when I was pregnant, supplements prior to when I was growing up and, you know, we, we did our best with what we knew. And I feel like that's the benefit of that is that you just, you trust other people, you trust what companies say, et cetera. And you just, you make the purchase and you start taking and, 
I remember when I was a massage therapist, and of course that work is very challenging on your hands and your body and physical de- physically demanding. And so I was taking glucosamine. And I remember taking that and thinking, and my physician said, you know, just take it. It'll make you feel better, you know, all these things. And I thought, okay, well, I'll, that's interesting. I've never taken it before, you know, but I'll start taking it. And so I did, and I never really felt a difference. And I thought to myself, well, maybe, you know, when I'm 10 years from now, I'll start feeling a difference. Because, I mean, I had no idea. I thought supplements just kind of worked that way. Like over time, you know, I didn't realize you really were supposed to feel the effects of taking supplements, you know, on a pretty immediate basis within a couple of weeks. And so that was my eye-opening experience when I did transition from a supplement that was off the shelves, which we have many of great supplements on our shelves today, um, to the supplement that I'm using now, which was a, a very much tested quality assurance. Um, they test before, during, and after for heavy metals. Um, it, it was, to me, the biggest difference in how I felt. And so when I experienced that, I thought, okay, you know, what I'd heard from the company is great, and the quality assurance and all that made a big difference. But the one thing that I value so much is that when you take a supplement, you, you know, Corporate New York is great and they put out a lot of wonderful things that we can use today and we're so fortunate to be able to grab and go anything. Um, but the problem is a lot of times you take a formulator that formulates a supplement and they put it on our shelves today and they might take product A, which might be a vitamin A, and they might take the, the B version of that product A or the C version of that product A because it's a little bit cheaper to put in that, that vitamin supplement and the consumer might get the result, but they're not necessarily going to get the best result, but it's still a part of that product. And so they're able to do that because obviously that industry is not regulated. And so that's easy for them to trade out supplement you know, A for the C version of it um, and then put it on the shelves. And so one of the frustrations for the man that actually founded our company was that the formulations that he had actually had were put on the shelves, but the formulations were shifted and they were changed so that that company could obviously receive more money from the bottom line. And so you and I, the consumer, wouldn't actually get the formulation that was originally touted or put on that product or that that actual vitamin. And so that's the unfortunate thing is that there are so many great supplements out there, but unfortunately there's things that are traded in and out to really still meet the labeling, but it's not necessarily the highest quality of the actual vitamin. And so that's where I find the value is that if you can take and find a quality supplement that's going to give your body everything it needs. And obviously heavy metals are huge because it raises inflammation in our body. You know, there's so many things that are showing up in really, really healthy people these days, and it's scary, and you wonder how it happens. Um, is it environment? Is it toxicity? Is it stress? Um, or is it even supplements that could be affecting the body adversely? Mm. And so that's really where my passion has become so deep in finding some bit, something that can be stamped, that it's been tested, and that the labeling is accurate. Um, because that's very important to me. So what have, what have you found throughout the supplement world, or is that something that you just haven't even gone into because uh, there's just so much? Yeah, there's just so much. I don't, I hardly take any supplement. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just barely, just eat whatever. Good. Yeah, I, I do have a, a multivitamin, just come from the store, big box store, and, and even I forget that I was 
I was telling my wife, like, remind me, make sure that I eat this and don't even eat it. So, <laughs> <laughs> remind I, me to take this. It was like, I forget. It's interesting you say that because oftentimes when something doesn't make you feel great, I mean, it's hard to go back and want to, it's hard to remember to do something. If something makes you feel good, you're going to continue to do it, right? I mean, it's like mm -hmm. running. You know, it feels good. You feel good. Your body feels good after you do it, especially if you're not like forcing it. And that, that's the difference. When your body feels good, it's almost an easy grab and go, I think. Yeah, I need to I need to put that in my schedule. So that way I make sure that <laughs> I yes. have at least, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I do need to take some more supplements and try to get in that um, the whole thing. So absolutely, um, so definitely. Um, really, uh, we having so many different conversations here. I would really like to go back uh, a little bit and kind of rewind and uh, talk about a little bit about owning our own time. I know you talked about in one of your Instagram posts. I'd like to our audience to kind of, I know you mentioned a little bit and we talked about kind of briefly touch. I wanted to kind of see as much you can tell us. Uh, how do you, how do we, how should we own our own time? to be where we want to be as a life coach, as a marathon runner, as a mom, um, and, you know, tell us, uh, how, how, what, what do you advise people to, to do to owning their own time? You know, whatever that mean? Yeah, that's a great question. I found that over the course of really owning your own time, it really just means to set aside time for yourself. For me and, and what I tell people and what I help people do is, becoming really organized and very committed and being adaptable and flexible, like I said before, is so key. And so while you have non-negotiables in your day, I always say how you start your day is how you're going to finish your day. So the most important thing for me to do in the morning and owning my time is waking up. And I always, I say this to my kids too, Simon, because this is so important for them to understand that if we don't want, if we don't appreciate ourselves, then we're definitely not going to pour in or be open to receive or any of that stuff. And we're going to be pouring from this empty glass all day long. And so the moment that I wake up, the most important thing for me to do is to fill my mind with something that's really, really, really good and important. And so I, that's prayer. That's meditation. I write down three um, affirmations in the morning for myself. And then I wake up and I drink a big glass of lemon water. That's how I start my day and just, set my mind right. And then from that point forward, I make my bed up and I brush my teeth and I have my breakfast and I really set my morning correctly. And so owning your own time also means that there's non-negotiables in your day. And when we have non-negotiables in our day, it doesn't mean kind of, sort of, it means absolutely. And I don't bend and flex on those at all because they're super important to me. And if I don't do that for myself, there is no way I can be anything to anybody at any time. And I will try my hardest and I will do my best, but I will not stay committed and I won't be able to show up the way that I want to or that I need to. And so I always tell my kids this exact same thing. If we don't challenge ourselves to be a little bit better every single day, that 1%, it's 1% better. Maybe we had five glasses of water yesterday. Can we have six glasses of water today? You know, those types of things are really serving yourself and making time for you and paying attention to what's important to you. I have customers and clients that will tell me they forgot to eat breakfast and lunch. I don't I don't forget that. 
And if you forget to eat breakfast and lunch, then you are not as important as the people that you're serving. But I promise you at some point in time, something's going to have to give. And it's either going to be your health, it's going to be your mind, it's going to be your job, something's going to have to give and your world's going to be shaken. And I'm not going to say that doing all these things is not going to shake your world or, or change things. But what I will say is that you will be more grounded and you will start really understanding what pouring from a, from a full glass means um, and, and being available. The other thing that I know is that at nighttime, um, I'm very, very like putting my phone down is really important. And so getting good rest and sleep at night is very important. And then being present with my kids when I'm with my kids is very important. And so as far as like being and doing and having all these things, but having time for myself, I make time. It's non-negotiable and I'm very present in everything else that I do because I also value the people that I'm with at that time. So those are some things that I can recommend too in my day that I find are, are super important to me is just making things that are important to you, non-negotiables and having them on the calendar. If you have a calendar, if you don't have a calendar, have it in your head that this is something that you do and make it a habit that it's something every single day that you do. So I hope that helps. That definitely helps um, to kind of think through, you know, uh, some of the things you talk to talk about non-negotiable time. Um, I don't think I have such a thing. So <laughs> I have a non-negotiable. I have a non-negotiable date. So once I once I pay for my airline ticket and and I'm flying, I just, just please don't call or find me. So I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> Unless you're with me, you just don't bother. So that's that's amazing. <laughs> well, there you go. You compress it all in one opportunity, one time. Right? Exactly. That's so amazing. so that's like uh, that's how it works. And um, yeah. But but in a day, uh, I don't think so. I've have done such a way. I mean, when we run, I go out and run. Of course, you know, usually it's non-negotiable. But sometimes, then somebody calls, then I gotta get home. So, so, so <laughs> <laughs> answer some calls and stuff like that. Yeah, lately I've I've been trying to be very 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 <clears throat> intentional about some of the things that I'm doing, so that way I don't overcommit or or you know try to commit when I'm not supposed to. So definitely. This this whole whole thing you talked about helps. Um, Ryan, we talked about so many different things in this podcast. I feel like uh, you know I may have to talk to you again and try to talk a little bit more detail some of the topics that we talked before we close this podcast interview. I just want you to give words of advice to all our listener here. Uh, try to do things in you know try, don't try to stop uh, you know whatever you're doing. Uh, just because you had to do uh, spend and make time for others and just like what you just said a minute ago talking about owning your own time give a words of advice to all the listeners about uh, you know uh, going out and doing things that's important to us as a runner as a mom as a dad as 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 employee can you give us a words of advice Yes, absolutely. And thank you for asking me that. You know, one of the things you mentioned earlier is you do things with more intention. And that is exactly what I decided to do several years ago is just live with absolute intention and purpose. And one thing that I, one thing that I coach my um, clients on every single time that I coach them every week is really to find alignment with who and what you are. So if you can find out, find in your life what you value the most and typically there's going to be some things that come in and out. Those are, those are small little pebbles um, among the big rocks. 
but the big rocks are your purpose and your intention and and what really aligns with who and what you are and you can say yes to those things very boldly and very big and you can say no to the other things and have no guilt about them. When you have no guilt about them, then when you're aligned with your purpose and you're going out and you're serving in that, you can serve so much bigger, which means you have more time typically for yourself because you're not saying yes to everything. You're saying yes to those things that align with your purpose typically and sometimes yes to a few small things. And then you're living with purpose and intention with every day waking up. And I'm not saying there's not flexibility. I'm not saying there's freedom and in, in making choices and being flexible in your every single day that you have. However, if you have more alignment and more purpose with your ultimate goal in life, you're going to do things that align with that. If it's for me, it's, it's my faith, it's my family, it's my um, my position and wanting health for everyone and wellness for everyone is, is that I want financial freedom and financial uh, stability for everyone. Um, and so that is really my goal is, is to stay aligned with that. And, um, you know, I have certain nonprofits that I even I love every nonprofit and I will give to so many people that ask me to give to them. I will say yes to that. But there are so many that I will serve and serve bigger because I, I'm aligned with that exact thing. So always stay within alignment with your purpose. And just remember, if you don't know your morals and values and beliefs, write them down. Go to work to figure out what those are. And if you've lost sense of self and lost sense of purpose, figure out again what tugs at your heartstrings, what brings you joy, what puts a smile on your face when you think about it. And then start really leaning into doing more things in those arenas. Um, and that to me really makes us flow better in life always. So thank you. Great words of advice. Uh, if our listener wants to find you anywhere in social media, how can you, how can they find you? Yes, I'm on pretty much every social media, um, site that you can find, um, mainly on Facebook and Instagram at Ryan Walker Graham. Um, I also am on LinkedIn at Ryan Walker Graham as well. And I um, have a website at ryanwalkergram.com is, is currently under construction. So it will soon be available. Um, and I'll be launching a course soon as well. So I'm excited to be bringing that to the world as well. So thank you again, Simon, for this. This has been such an honor. Uh, thanks for coming to Emron's podcast, Ryan. And we it has been really, really Great talking to you and uh, uh, learning and uh, kind of discovering myself here uh, as a as a host. I'm I'm learning myself, and I'm sure our audience uh, got a lot out of it. So thanks for being out here on Emirates Podcast. Absolutely.